Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. 1800 453 106 if you want to get in touch with us here on Lunchtime Live. Well, for almost two years, my next guest, uh, writer Leodon Hines, tried to find out what dating is like in rural Ireland. And to do that, she travelled to farms, villages, remote islands all over the country to write a book about dating in rural areas. It's called Courting Tractor Dates, Macro Babies and Swiping Right in Rural Ireland. And it's out on your shelves today. Uh, Leodon Hines, good afternoon. Hi, Andrea. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So what is the story? What is dating like in rural Ireland? Yeah, I suppose um, the starting point was that we felt we t- you hear a lot about dating in, in urban areas and so much has changed in the last kind of 15 years since apps came on board. And so, the, you know, it was to, to look at, you don't hear so much about what's going on in rural Ireland and to see, you know, what, what were the stories there and what was happening Definitely the same thing in the sense of, um, you know, apps are really the main way that people now or the people I spoke to now expect to meet people um, and they really kind of have taken over. Um, But what you'll find and the book opens with a story about a a dating website called Muddy Matches, which was set up in England in the mid noughties by two sisters who had grown up in rural um, in a rural area and realised that there was nothing in the kind of quite new then Mm. online dating world that was aimed at people who really prioritised and really understood rural living, like didn't have a kind of fantasy about it, but had actually grown up in that that area. And kind of started this uh, dating website, Muddy Matches, as a kind of side project. And it's now 15 years old and their oldest, what they call Muddy Matches baby, is 14 years old. Right. So that was a kind of starting point for the book about, you know, to look at there are people who you know, I suppose in the dating world within that where people are really prioritising that way of life and, and how they meet. So it's, it kind of strikes me, though, um, because we had a conversation, I'd say maybe two months ago with the, um, uh, the, the the author or the person who set up the app for specifically for single parents that there's there's seems oh, to be. Yeah, nice, from Frollo. Yeah, yeah, there seems to be so many now different categorised options or places for dating apps. Yeah, Yeah. so are we not oversubscribed? No, definitely not. And as a single parent, I I, I know exactly what Zoe's at. You know, I think it's brilliant because you want, what I found talking to people is you want people who understand your way of life and who you are. And, you know, for example, as a single parent, the kind of restrictions around, you you know, even going out on a date. And and in in a rural setting, I really found very quickly that people, you know, there was this kind of almost tension between place and person. So people really, they would prioritise there was a way of life that they would prioritise that was allowed to them by the place that they were in. And there was that tension then between meeting someone who was, you know, either living there or going to live there and who prioritised a similar way of life because that meant that they felt kind of understood. So I think, you know, in the absolute Wild West, that is the, the internet, anything that can refine it down so you kind of cut the wheat from the chaff and, 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 and point yourself in the direction of people who are maybe, you know, of a similar mindset to you. It's so reassuring in the same way that a lot of people who hadn't met online, they would use the phrase to me, I knew of him. Mm. Um, I think what I always felt they met, it meant is there was a kind of a sense of safety there, you know, of like I knew of him. So I think 
you know, I think anyone who's been on the internet knows it can be scary or it can be daunting when you're on social media in any way. And anything that can kind of make you feel that little bit more comfortable and in a dating sense and obviously in a rural dating sense, that's somebody who likes the same things. You know, one of the opening stories is Vicky and Stephen. And they, Vicky, they met in England. They've since moved to Cork and become engaged, you know, where that's where Stephen's family farm is. And Vicky started off using the general apps and she just said she was meeting people. She's an equine expert. We just didn't get her priorities, her way of life, the schedule of her work, that she might be waiting late into the night for the vet to arrive, that she always, you know, she wanted a really outdoors, heavy lifestyle. And she kind of came across Muddy Matches and thought of her as, oh, subscription, no. And then she had, you know, went back on the normal apps and thought, oh, God, I need to try mm. and try something. Went back and within, I think, two or three days, she had met Stephen, who, like I say, she's now engaged to. And she said, you know, it's not that we're the same kind of person you know he's quite reserved she's quite very chatty you know really bubbly but she said we we want the same kind of things out of life we want the same kind of life so i think those those niche apps you know they offer people within like i say a kind of daunting world some i suppose roadmap would you say towards people who hopefully share something okay. in common I, yeah. So, so in, in in terms then of the, if you want to call it the avail- available audience, um, mm-hmm. is it more difficult then to meet people? Are your chances more limited in sparsely populated areas? Well, yeah, I think by the nature of it, exactly. Like I, you know, really realised that everyone I spoke to, it was almost like a baked in expectation that if they met someone, chances were they weren't going to live near them and somebody was going to have to move or compromise or there was going to be long distance. And, you know, there's challenge in that of, for example, if you're in farming and, you know, I spoke to one woman who's a 23 year old farmer who's taking over the family farm and, you know, kind of her mother said to me, you know, the expectation would have been traditionally where she had to move and she, she wanted to meet a farmer because she wanted someone like that who understood her way of life. And but, you know, who who's going to move then? And, you know, or the, the other kind of another aspect of that is I spoke to a guy who's living in Ishman and he was talking about, you know, he met a man who was perfectly lovely, but counties away, you know, the other side of the mm. country. And how do you get from that? Like we visit each other at the weekends to kind of I'm sure enough about you that I want to come ask you to come live on the island with me or I'll go move to where you are. But it's so not the same for nearly nearly all for, for a lot of professions, though, Leda. I don't know about professions, but I think if you're dating in an urban set- setting, you know, the choice, you know, the chances are you're going to meet, you will be more likely or more able to meet people who live near you just because there's more choice. I see Elaine is texting and she says, I'm a farmer and I've been trying to date for months. My life is so antisocial. And when I am available, I'm absolutely exhausted to do anything. I'm worried I'll end up alone, uh, but don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, definitely the kind of the the tyranny of the schedule was something that came up in, in, with, with people I spoke to. And I think, and again, going back to the guys who set up Muddy Matches, that was something they saw their clients struggle with. And it was something they knew was an issue, you know, that a farmer might have to cancel a date at the last minute because the fence has gone down, you know, um, and like I not know. everyone and in the book all, is in farming, it, but there is. It had sounded like it. No, I was going to say it. It had sounded like a, you know, a, a pretty uh, desperate excuse. I'm sure if you didn't, if you didn't know much about this farming, way, like understand it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, one of the guys I spoke to, you know, he talked about how, how he he had met a few really nice people who he really liked, but you know, there would come, a, you know, a time where he just knew he was going to disappear for a few weeks because it was a busy time in the farm, and they just couldn't understand that. Whereas, you know, the woman he was with when I kind of fin- at the time I finished interviewing him. 
she she wasn't farming herself, but her grandparents were. And so she understood that, like, you know, there would be weekends where he was just gone. And that's where the tractor dates in the in the subtitle of the book. Comes yeah, from. It, it was something that came up. It was almost an acknowledgement of that. So again, back to Vicky and Stephen, but it came up with several stories. She realized there would be times of the year where for, you know, weeks he would just be working till late and back up incredibly early and out. And the only way she would see him was if she went on what they called tractor dates. So she would rock up to whatever field he was in and get up on the tractor with him and like sit there chatting while he went up and down and if it was a Saturday they'd make a day of it she'd go off and get a pizza she'd bring the dog and you know it was that kind of well I either go to where he he is or another woman I spoke to her partner went to where she was and, you know, again, that you kind of break down and, you know, that broke down in several ways where like the woman I spoke to was really proud of the fact that like, you know, because it's that kind of gender thing, her her boyfriend was coming to, to her place of work where she was farming. Another woman told told me about tractor dates in tones of horror. Like, can you imagine he asked me to do this? So I think <laughs> that was that real key of like, you know, and, and it's not just farming. There are, you know, again, like all different kinds of ways of life that, you know, meeting someone who understands us you know, that's that's what the the, the kind of key is, I suppose. Yeah. This listener says, I live in a rural area and there is nobody around my age, nobody in the locality that I'm not related to. So difficult. I would consider actually leaving farming altogether because my social life is so bad. This texter says, I live on my family farm and there isn't too many people around, but I find that Macra, as in Macronaferma, is so great. I've made loads of friends there uh, and dated a couple of people too from it. This texter, though, says, like, dating, it's absolutely impossible, no matter where you are and everywhere across the country. I feel that apps have made us all so fickle. They're not the answer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the women I spoke to, she used the word disposability, and she felt that it had created the apps had created created this kind of culture of disposability, and that she would be talking to one guy, but she was felt he had about three or four people he was talking to at the same time. And I think there is, you know, there was definitely that sense. It's really interesting. Your caller mentioned mockery, I mean, that features in the book, and there's a chapter where I spoke to a couple of men, and it, I, I kind of came up against this regularly where men were saying they found it really hard to communicate on the apps they felt this kind of pressure to be really entertaining and they really struggled with that and these were guys that like you know I chatted to them for hours and they were fantastic but they just found the online and it was interesting because a lot of women had said they felt they got a lot of kind of hi how are you and and you know they found where do I go from that yeah whereas yeah. men were saying they found it really hard but they talked about mokra or you know as a way of meeting people and that they loved that because it was again that thing of people who were maybe in their community who they kind of came from a similar mindset or background okay. or experience or what it was but even just the, the in real life meeting was so much easier we have Patricia on the line in Kerry uh, Patricia are you from a rural area does uh does Leodon's experiences outline in the book does that resonate with you um, well, yes, I'm from kind of a half rural area. We say I'm, I'm not out, out in the countryside, but I'm not in the town either. I'm like on the peripheral. And um, it just it just struck me listening to it. Um, now, I am with somebody myself at the moment. I'm actually about to have a, a baby. Oh, congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but there was a period of time there. Um, I was engaged to somebody for 10 years. And then um, we called that off, which was very sensible. Um, but I had a period of time between then I'm meeting my current partner, um, where I indeed use uh, online apps and things like that. And the very thing that struck me, and I think strikes a lot of people with the online dating, is it's very hard to get that um, emotional spark 
and that like intellectual connection with each other. That's a humanized thing that you can't find through through the phone. And I think when I when I what I think for our generation it's been a huge problem that our parents before did not have was there's nowhere to go out and meet somebody. There are no proper rural community dances. There are no events to go to. It's, it's people either in their phone or they're going yeah. to something massive. There's no medium. There's no medium There's no common happy medium. ground. And that's probably all changed, Patricia, even since COVID. Exactly. It's and actually, I think you that know, is worse. Exas- it has. It has exacerbated that. And I really feel it's kind of sad because that whole feeling of walking in and, oh, God, oh, he, he's, he's okay looking and he's looking over and she's okay looking and they have a dance. Oh, no, that was not there at all. But here we go. Oh, I hope. Move on. You know, that whole fun has gone out of dating. It's quite serious now. It's everybody sits down. You meet a stranger that you, you don't know if you yeah. have a kind of spark I know. until you're there with them. The idea of it, for sure, um, is like so much more daunting to how, you know, nearly a decade ago it, it would have been. Uh, Leathon, just before I let you go, the book um, Courting Tractor Dates, Macro Babies and Swiping Right in Rural Ireland, it is out on shelves today. It's out on shelves and we have an event in Kenny's Bookstore in Galway this Friday. The tickets are free but you need to book uh, where I'll be in the evening be talking with um, several of the women interview the book with Adele Coffey. Oh, so if anyone wants to talk more hear more. Well, listen, be best of luck with that Leodon Hines. Thanks a million for joining us in the programme. Patricia, thanks for getting in touch. Sean will be here next. My thanks to the production team. We'll be back lunchtime live midday tomorrow. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.